guys, here we are again at Talking About Coaching. I'm here today, as always, with lovely Yannick and Subhash. Hi, guys. What's up? So today we've got a really awesome question. It's on the subject of supervision. Um, the question really is how essential, how important is supervision to me as a coach? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Should I start? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think you've been waiting for this moment. Uh, yes. Yes, do it. Um, I, I think what I often hear as a variation of that question is, do I need supervision, right? It's, is it, not is it important? I think probably most people would say it's, it's helpful and it's, it's important. There's a range of what supervision can be, uh, similarly to, you know, do I need coaching? Well, I heard one of my colleagues, uh, Louis Aloro, said, um, nobody needs a coach. Everybody should want one. And I think it, it applies to supervision as well. I think it's absolutely crucial and vital if you work with clients, with you know, coaches who are more vulnerable. The more vulnerable your clients are, the more sensitive the situation is, the more damage you could potentially do, the less resourced somebody is the more crucial and essential it becomes that, that you are in supervision. Because supervision is a space where you can reflect on your practice in the most professional way. Right? Reflective practice can be done in many, many ways. Uh, I always tell students, if you, if you create some space after a session to reflect on what just happened, how you felt, uh, just kind of sit with it for a little bit and see what comes up, it's already going to be helpful. If you ask yourself some questions routinely after coaching sessions, what went well? What's my growing edge here? Where could I improve? What moments were interesting? How was I different than I am usually? You know, um, some of those questions can really help you reflect on uh, what, how was I coaching? How was I being? Where can I improve? How can I improve and learn and gain some insights? I mean, it's fantastic professional development, right? I, I think like it's essential to create space for reflection instead of just moving on to the next client. And then, you know, maybe you review the notes before the next session and then you just present with the client. There's value in that. But I think you maximize the value, you 10x the value and the learning that you get through reflective practice. So if you make some space for yourself after a session, great. If you talk to a friend about a coaching client, obviously um, uh, keep like um, uh, saving super confidentiality. So you wouldn't, you know, say anything that makes the client identifiable. But like most coaches would at some point be like, wow, I was working with this really interesting client and perhaps this and that happened. Um, you can learn from these conversations as you hear yourself speak about it. You know, if you work with a group of peers of other coaches, they might be able to reflect something back. Oh, you, you sound really upset about this. Or, you know, have you tried this even, you know, um, oh, that's so interesting. I would, I would have asked a completely different question. You know, these kind of being met with this kind of uh, responses from colleagues uh, is already helpful. But a trained supervisor, similar to a trained coach, right? You can go to the bar with your best friend and there's probably value in it if you share an issue that we have or a problem. But if you talk to a trained coach, you know, you get somebody who's trained to listen, to bracket their assumptions, to evaluate their intuition, to um, have certain practices, techniques, interventions, questions that are designed to help you reflect at the best that you can possibly can. 
And in supervision, that's the same. So it's really, it's the peak of reflective practice. So who, who wouldn't want that? I know, I know it can be a big investment, but that's the best reflective space that I can imagine. So I, I would I would want everybody to be in supervision. And it's great that the ICF, uh, the AC, the EMCC, they acknowledge supervision now. And I think in a couple of years, it will be mandatory for anybody who's an accredited coach, hopefully, because it's, it's good practice, you know. So I'll pause? pause there. <laughs> Let's pause there for a second because I wrote three points and one of them is related to what you said, one of your last points there. And it's really important because, well, my, this is my second point, right? Invest in a supervisor versus a coach. And this is actually like, this probably goes against what most people talk about. And, and the reason is because supervisors are usually trained to help you become a better coach. Right. And I think what's happened a lot, and I look back at my own experience, I'm, I mean, I don't regret the coaches that I've invested in, but I think a lot of coaches hire coaches to actually get better at coaching. And though most coaches are not trained supervisors. What often ha- ends up happening is that, you know, there's a bit of like talk about, you know, there's sometimes you get coached and sometimes it can be really useful. And, you know, it's not the same. And, the thing that I wrote down is it's more efficient and it's a lot cheaper. Right. So actually like, you know, here I disagree with you, like compared to what the average coach charges, because often what coaches, they're like, Hey, I need help. And, and then they're like, they go hire another coach, which can be really useful, but actually compared to like what most coaches charge in the, it's usually in the thousands and compared to like what most supervision is supervision is supervision is a lot more better in actually quality and i think like most you know a lot of the supervision groups that i've seen are like 40 pound now 40 50 pound a month sometimes it's 40 50 pound a session right i think you get a, a much better deal there and this comes from someone that you know loves helping coaches grow and that's one of the reasons i did my supervision diploma myself and that's what really opened my eyes and like wow and I, and I think I think part of the problem in the industry is that actually people that haven't, you know, gone through a, like a proper coaching school, they don't actually know supervision, mm-hmm. right? They know like, oh, if I, if I want to get better, maybe I should hire a coach. That's usually where their, their focus yeah. goes. Yeah, and, and let me jump in there. First of all, I think you talk to a specific kind of coach <laughs> because usually supervisors charge more than they would do for the coaching because there's an extended skill set that you apply. So supervision is a lot more complex because there's another layer that you have to pay attention to, you know, because there's a there's the your client and then the client's client. And then there's other stakeholders. So there's a lot that the supervisor is holding because they're, they're dancing with you in the moment. They're also on the balcony at the same time, the supervision, right? They're expanding your awareness. So I'm hoping that supervisors charge more than coaches. Um, you can get low-cost coaching. You can get low-cost supervision. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying know? that they're, they're all, all the good supervisors are that cheap. But, you know, I think and just in my experience, what I've seen is compared to what a lot of coaches charge, I think supervisors are a lot more affordable. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying that the coaches that you are usually walk <laughs> amongst. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, like, it's something... It's, it's really interesting in how you started it. I, I love that thing, that phrase that like, you know, nobody needs coaching. Everybody should want a coach. 
for me, for me, the difference between a coach that has a supervisor, and it's again, it, it's not something that you you know, and you can disagree with that, right? That you need all the time. But I think the difference between someone that uses a supervisor from time to time and someone that never does that is the difference between an amateur and a professional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yes, maybe after six months of supervision, you say, okay, let me take a break, and I'm doing well. But I think that's really the difference between someone that doesn't try it at all or is not open for yeah. it. For me, that's like, and I think that's a bold statement, but it's the difference between an amateur and a professional. Mm. Because, you know, you have so many blind spots as a coach. If you really want to do a great job, you need, you need someone else to, you know, you, you need that space where, you know, you're talking about the work that you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I got to jump in there, right? Because... You can, for example, record your sessions if it's okay with the client, obviously, and then re-watch them. There's a tremendous amount of blind spots that you can see just by positioning yourself outside of that. But another thing that you said is super important because I, I encourage all of my supervisees to attend supervision regularly, regardless of how well or horrendous their coaching practice is going right now. Right? In reality, unfortunately, I think, there is like um, people don't book supervision sessions very often unless there's something wrong or they're stuck or it's a difficult client, right? I had a few uh, supervisees who say, oh, I want to put supervision on hold because it's it's going really well. Mm. Now you're missing out on a huge amount of learning uh, in, in groups. I run quite a lot of groups now. Um, what I hear most often when somebody says, um, I don't really know what to bring today. Maybe I only have like a little small thing. Um, if somebody doesn't know what to bring, I usually say, well, how about your last session? Just, just the last session that you had. There's always so much learning in there, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, what has gone well is something you can build on. And as you said, Sivash, that there are always necessarily blind spots. And what I hear most often is, oh, I, I really didn't think there was anything there. And this was so valuable. So, you know, I don't force supervisees at the moment to book sessions, what, once a month, once a quarter, every two weeks. Um, recommended is about uh, one hour of supervision for every 15 hours of coaching. That's what the professional bodies recommend for, for accreditation, the AC, for example. Um, but there's so much to learn, right? So for me, it's not about regulation, what you're supposed to do, what the professional bodies say, like, I want more than one hour per every 15 hours. I see my supervisor monthly. I should probably see her more often given the amount of coaching that I do. Um, but to bring someone to supervision to explore something that went really well, I can almost guarantee there's so much learning in there. Hmm. Really cool. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience to contribute to this conversation. I did, however... Um, I was looking for supervision at one point when I was busier than I currently am, because um, currently I'm dividing my time a bit differently. But um, I did, in the end, um, get someone who was training as a supervisor, which um, worked for me at the time. And I did five sessions with them. And I found it incredibly valuable. So even though they had just trained, um, absolutely, that kind of self-reflective practice, I got so much out of those sessions. So there is no doubt. Um, as soon as I can, I will going back into supervision as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's sorry go on Simish. yeah i was just gonna say like that's a great opportunity because there's always people training to become supervisors so it's mm. a great opportunity for coaches to go and experience it at a very affordable rate mm. yeah 
Oh, hit me up. I connect you. Uh, I train supervisors regularly. They're all looking for practice clients. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to say still is that coaching coaches, I see quite a lot of the supervisors uh, that become supervisors, they end up coaching coaches on their practice. And there's a difference between coaching someone and supervising someone. Obviously, it depends on your framework. But in supervision, as I see it, there's generally three functions. There's a normative, a formative, and a restorative function. A restorative just is focused on the well-being of the coach. How are you doing? Are you okay? You know, we can hold quite a lot of emotional energy. There's a lot that we carry. And just having a release, letting some of that go, having somebody to discuss a difficult client or a heavy story that we might have heard or something that affects us because of our own story. Maybe we really resonate with somebody's struggle and it brings up stuff from our past. You know, so there's a function of just like being okay. Um, there's a, an, an formative function, which is about what are we doing? And this is often what people regard supervision as. This is about what I do with my client. What are the interventions? What are the techniques? What is the approach, right? And while that is helpful and important to reflect on, um, there's also a normative function, which is uh, what are the ethics of this? What might my professional body say? If I'm coaching within an organization, are there other stakeholders that maybe I should pay attention to? Uh, in organizational coaching, there is a client that pays the bills and there's a client that is going to be in the room that you're working with. If you're supervising within an organization, maybe there's a particular style of coaching that you're not, not policing, but where you want to keep the coaches that you're supervising on track and aligned with the values of the coaching agency or the organization, for example. Mm. Uh, better up um, uh, expects you to do a certain style of coaching to some degree, right? With some flexibility, obviously. Uh, other coaching agencies might have that as well. So depending on the context of the supervision, uh, there, is, there is some form of authority, and then also many coaches seek out supervisors for some extent of mentoring, right? I, I want to supervise at eye level. I don't really claim to be in a position to tell you what to do or what not to do. You know, I think everybody needs to create their own approach to coaching. And if it's coherent in itself and they know what they're doing, they've thought about it and their client has agreed to it through good contracting and informed consent, do your thing by all means. You know, but some clients come to supervision, some coaches come to supervision and they want to be more like you, right? They, they look up to the supervisor as somebody who can teach them, somebody who can give them advice. And there's many supervisors who are happy to offer that, happy to guide clients in more of a mentoring relationship. So there's very different kind of supervisors out there. And the initial association with supervision is the, the supervisor who like looks down on you, who's kind of a manager. And that's an important conversation to have with a supervisor that you consider working with. How do you work? What's underlying your work? Uh, what, are, what are my expectations? What are your expectations? What kind of supervision is this? What do you mean when you say supervision? Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think this, this, is, um, this, this is really good. I think I'm going to get a lot of coaches to listen to this episode. And there's something else that I want to add. I think often we need to really connect to the why. I think that just listening to this, you can you hear so many benefits, right? 
but then as coaches we're often focused on like okay i want to the things i'm doing like i want you know i want my practice to grow and and here here's what what i've seen from my experience is that supervision helps you become a better coach and as you become a better coach you know you're making a bigger difference in your client's life mm-hmm. and as a result of that you get more renewals people you know renew their contract longer with you yeah and as a result of that you get more referrals right and this is this cycle created that you know people get more out of coaching right so they talk more about the coaching mm-hmm. and more likely to renew with you and i think it's like it's just beautiful because as you get better and better you just start seeing you know like the thing that i wrote down here on ipad is that you know i think the return of investment on supervision is like at least 10 times <laughs> and sometimes you don't see it directly but i think it's like you'll start seeing it in in the next session or the session after that and it's like your levels of awareness is is growing and i think something that we learned in our supervision diploma is about also uh, i think a good supervisor helps the coach kind of build that inner supervisor, right? And it's like your levels of awareness go to a whole different level. Like you, you start thinking differently about your work. You're constantly looking at like, hey, what am I doing well? What can I improve? You know, what else could I do here? Let me look at this from a different eye. Let me look at this from a different way. Beautifully said. Nice. Shall we leave it here then? Yeah, wonderful. I definitely feel inspired to to get back into supervision. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> and, and thank I, you very much, guys. This Sorry, last, right? I think um, you know, in these in these podcasts, I don't think um, you know, we we don't there's nothing on offer for people, but I think it'll be useful maybe if we put some links in terms of where can people read a bit more about supervision. Maybe we'll put something there like where can you you know, you probably know the, the world of supervision a lot better. It's like what are some recommendations? Where can people start? Yeah, there's a couple of good directories. And also you can just Google, you know, find a coaching supervisor. Uh, talk to some coaches, ask them about supervision. That's really important to me, right? Because the more we have conversations about supervision, the more people will respond to that. If you ask coaches that you know, hey, who's your supervisor? And they might say, oh, uh, I don't have one. <laughs> or they might say, I'm working with somebody amazing. You should talk to them because, you know, usually coaches are very happy to share their supervisors. Um, maybe not so much with coaches. There's some hesitancy, but uh, it's, it's a good question because, to ask. Yeah, I'm laughing because in six years, six years, I think nobody have ever asked me, like, who's your supervisor? I've got a lot of questions like, who's your coach? But I think uh-huh. it just, again, reflects about how little actually coaches think about supervision. And I, and I, and again, I think I'm in different circles and I see, you know, in the, in the, in the circles where coaches are getting qualified, they're thinking about it. And it's often now part of the qualification process. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, we have another side where, you know, coaches are popping up like, <laughs> like mushrooms. And I think, <laughs> unfortunately, there's not a lot of, you know, they don't see that. They don't see that importance. Yeah. Oh, there's one point I need to make still because i've seen once as you mentioned coaches that you talk to there's some super high profile coaches that put a message out of i i don't work with a coach or with a supervisor because there's nobody better than me you know then there's also coaches who say who who might be a bit concerned about going into supervision because the supervisor might question how they work and if you're quite established already and you build a successful practice 
You know, I think there's coaches out there who are like, if I go to supervision, maybe I'll find out that I'm wrong on some level, or maybe the supervisor will disagree with me. It's, it's good to pick your supervisor in a way that you work with somebody who will not tell you that you're wrong, but who will hopefully question how you work. And I think it's important that as coaches, we are open to question ourselves, that we are open to receive critical thinking about how we do things and why we do things. You know, so if we can get that message more out there and counter the messages of the supervisor needs to be somebody who's way more experienced than you and way better than you, it's not true. I work with plenty of supervisees who, you know, there's a few of them who work with top leadership teams, you know, executive team coaching. I don't do any team coaching at this time. You know, I, I don't spend most of my life in organizations and organizational coaching, but it's not really what it's about. It's a reflective space. And sometimes somebody who comes in from the outside and doesn't understand your approach at all can be really helpful to ask you questions and hold space for you to think about your practice. So it really doesn't need to be somebody who's better than you or even with more experience than you. It just needs to be somebody who understands supervision, the three functions, and who's able to hold space so you can reflect. So that's, that's my last words for now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Cool. Thank you so much. We're out of time. Thank you for making the time, guys. I really appreciate you. And uh, if, if, if there's great supervisors out there that maybe people who are listening to this or watching this, if you work with somebody fantastic and you say, this is somebody I'd really want to have coaches go to, please, please post your supervisor. You know, rave about your supervisors, ask people who their supervisors are. Let's have the conversation about supervision. Okay. Shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit. So we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly, you can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.